are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, middle name, some sports guy, last name, Hickman. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who I thought I was just now. I thought I was maybe a uh, superhero or like this bank robber. I don't know, like a fancy England. I don't know. I don't know. But you guys are here on this Monday to talk about who, the what, the Texans. Of course, a couple of weeks away from the NFL season kickoff, and you know who kicks it off: the rematch, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Houston Texans at Arrowhead Stadium. So much is being built up around this game for a couple of reasons. When you look at Houston, you have new, new, new. You have new everywhere, new players, new coaching staff, new front office guys. And I got to tell you, Cody, I've discussed it before. I've mentioned how the optimism has now changed from maybe doubtful with a chance of sunshine to there could be some sunshine and little rain with this Houston Texan team. I mean, really quick, let's go into it. How exciting has it been for you to be at these camps, be at training camp, soak in information, soak in the energy around this team? I mean, I want to know, the listeners want to know how exciting, eventful, enlightening has everything been over by the NRG Stadium? Great. It's been really, really fun. And, um, you know, it's fun to see the team actually come together and show their camaraderie amongst one another. And I believe that's, that is going to take, take this team a long way. And what's, you know, one of the best things I love to see is when you see a guy like Whitney Merciless help out the other guys who are trying to fight to get on his team. And that's what I love to see. You know, when I see a guy like Brandon Cooks, you know, a guy like um, Randall Cobbs, you know, actually take the time out, day, out their day to help guys on the sideline like like um, Stevie like Stevie Mitchell. Um, you know, it, it's, it really shows how close net of a group that this team is. And, um, you know, it, it's just been fun. And every time I go out there and I see these guys practice out on the field, it just lets me know that 2020 has an opportunity to be one of – the best seasons that we have ever seen in this franchise. And I'm not just saying that Um, there is talent, there's camaraderie Um, to be honest with you, just like Bill O'Brien says every single day, you know, the most disciplined team and the healthiest team are going to come away with this Super Bowl championship. And, um, you know, it it rings a bell, you know, just almost every single day we see teams around the league, players, being tested positive for this virus. And, you know, the fact that we are three weeks away, well, a little bit less than three weeks away, but from kicking off the 2020 season and the fact that the Houston Texans, knock on wood, have not had any type of positive yes. cases yet is, is um it's a blessing. It's a blessing. So, um you know, so, so today, you know, we're actually going to talk about some things, you know, first and foremost, we're going to talk about the rumors towards the end of the show, because I'm really not sure how this is going to work. And 
a lot of people are pointing towards him going to Dallas, but we're going to talk about Earl Thomas, his release from the Baltimore Ravens and, um, you know, the possibility of him coming to Houston. And also, you know, speaking of training camp, J.J. Watt made his return to practice on yesterday and um, he was never heard of anything. The Houston Texans are actually taking their time in lo using low management to try to keep him fresh and healthy throughout the season. So me and John going to talk about that as well. But uh, but but as always, we're going to start off with a quick news and notes from around the team with a couple of players that they have signed. Yeah, first, before I get into who they have signed, Andre Johnson stepped away from his role with the team uh, as the assistant advisor to the general manager. He's now taking a full break away from the NFL. And the Houston Texans went out there and bulked up their team even more. What do I mean by that? Well, they signed linebacker Darren Bates and long snapper Anthony Kukwa. Uh, the team also waived inside linebacker Jan Johnson in order to make room to bring those players in. Bates is 29, appeared in 13 games with the Titans last season, six tackles, uh, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. And the newly acquired long snapper Anthony Kukwa uh, he's 27, had a tryout last year for the Houston Texans at rookie mini, mini camp, uh, but he didn't get signed. So those guys are coming in on this Texan team. They're going to fight for a spot. They're going to have a fair chance to get a spot with the special teams, uh, a rotational guy on defense or a long snapper as we sign one, uh, simply because the team is still doing a very good job at uh, – really analyzing who and what they have on their roster to make the best decision for them. We talked about an inside linebacker. He's going to be going over to bulk up that Texans defense, right? Now, that Texan defense had normally in the last few years been, you know, Romeo Cornell. For Romeo, former Texans defensive coordinator, he feels really good about Anthony Weaver going into this season as defensive coordinator, which will be his first year in that position. He was promoted back in January, as we know, and the Texans' former D.C., uh, Mike Vrabel, we know he went to Tennessee and ultimately took this team, that team rather, to the playoffs. Had a very good year with them. Uh, Cornell had this to say about Anthony. He said he's a smart young man. Uh, he's organized. He's he's thoughtful. I know that he's a good football coach because I've seen him coach his position. They do very well. He relates to the players, and they relate to him. That's very big words to hear from your legendary future Hall of Famer, former D.C., who's backing you, giving you a lot of confidence going into uh, your first year as defensive coordinator, has a challenge on his hand as a guy, a rookie, with no training camp, no time under his belt, replacing DJ Reader, who had a very good year. We know he signed in Cincinnati. You got injuries. You just lost, uh, you just lost Duke, edge of four. You're having Jacob Martin coming in for his second year. You got rookies across the board. You have new players in, old players out. He's going to have a very uh, challenging time to get, his, to get the defense where he wants to be. But he has a lot of talent. Whether it's young talent or guys that just need an opportunity to play, he has the talent there on his defense. And to get that backing from your legendary Hall of Fame, uh, D.C., Romeo Cornell, uh, the sky's the limit right now. The sky is the limit. 
You know, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I just lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. Really easy. They're there for that. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roma, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find your best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roma will ship to you with a free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash XXX and complete the online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. As I alluded to in the first segment, J.J. Watt made his return to practice on yesterday. And by the way, did you see his Twitter? Um, He posted as soon as he got into a locker room. The rookies had got together and dropped off a box of Shipley donuts and and with a with a sticky note. And it just said from the rookies with an exclamation point and a smiley face. And I thought that was really, really funny. Um, J.J. Watt said in his caption that, only times a rookie will go out and go out and do something like this means they have done something very bad. <laughs> but um, you know, with all that being said, JJ Watt made his return back to the practice field on yesterday, and um, you know, a lot of people was concerned because Watt was not at practice, and um, he wasn't at practice only due to the fact that the Houston Texans are low managing him, and that's what we want to talk about right now. Um, we all know that J.J. Watt is getting up there in age, and we know three out of the last four seasons he has dealt with a lot of injuries. And um, this past season, he only played half of the 2019 season due to a torn pec. And and J.J. Watt is entering the twilight of his career. And not only that, you also got to take a look at it from a situation that he's going to be – that his contract is up sooner rather than later. So – with all that being said, we know how important J.J. Watt is to this team and how important he still is. But, John, I'm, 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 I want to pose this question to you, and I want you to give me your honest opinion. Taking a look at where J.J. Watt is in his career right now, the Texans are managing him. He's 31 years old. Do you or do you not feel the plan that the Texans have put in place will keep Watt healthy for an entire 2020 season? I can't say if I feel it will work because uh, you just don't know with the body. And I don't think that's a fair question uh, for me to answer. Uh, It's not like the issue has been he's lost his game because you, you remember when the uh, Monstars took the basketball player game, uh, the, the skills away, right? Yeah. And it was so bad that when Chuck went to the – well, Charles Barkley, if you guys don't know who Chuck is. When Charles Barkley went to the park, uh, he was so terrible that he was dissed. Do you remember that? So it's not mm-hmm. like J.J. Watt has went through that phase. It's not like J.J. Watt has lost his ability 
to play football. What he's lost is his ability to be depended on for games. And that's not really fair to be answered because the body only knows what the body knows. And JJ could be fully ready and committed for this season. But if his body says, hey, you're only going to be limited to nine games, in those nine games, only three of them you have dynamic games in because you're just so limited physically, then the body knows that. But what the Texans really need to do is, and I understand when you're a franchise like this, you didn't have a real great retire strictly as a Texan. Andre Johnson went to Tennessee and Indy, and it looked terrible both times. Um, We know DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Uh, Arian Foster went to Miami. We know how bad the uh, relationship ended with Dwayne Brown here in Houston. Uh, Owen Daniels went to Denver. Vontae Leach went to Baltimore. I can keep going, but all of the great players Houston has had in their short franchise, none of those guys actually stayed the entire career, didn't go anywhere else, and played for Houston the whole time. And I think Houston may get a sense of this guy is a three-time defensive player of the year. Changed. I'm not necessarily going to say change. He didn't change, but dominate a position at 10 years, full decade. Also raised this city $30 million. We got to keep him here. And so they're being in denial about asking him to take a pay cut. That's what I'm getting at. J.J. Watt, if he goes out and proves it this year and plays more than you know 10 games and has a very productive year, then I guess you can say, okay, well, it was just a body that was limiting him, and it looks to be he's going to be able to play his worth because of the uh, market now. The market has changed since the last time he, he signed his contract. So, And he is the lifeblood of this team right now. I mean, we know we have Sean Watson and how remarkable uh, he is and how great of a leader he is. We understand that. But J.J. is still the heart of this Houston franchise. And they need to look at the possibility of having the discussion at least. I don't really have too many expectations for J.J. Watt this year. And that's not to dismiss him. I'm not dismissing J.J. Uh, I just don't have too many expectations that that I think um, is fair or will he meet at the same time. Like, if I give a goal, I don't think he'll meet it. But I also don't think it's fair. But I also think the Houston Texans need to evaluate themselves, evaluate he's getting paid, and honestly ask yourself, if you were willing to let go of Jadavion Clowney uh, – in the prime of his career, if you were willing to let go of DeAndre Hopkins, if you was willing to, you know, make the moves, some questionable that you've made, I don't think it's questionable to evaluate what J.J. White has right now and not think to yourself, at least have the thought or idea that we need to have a conversation about remodeling your contract because we can do so much more if you took a little bit less. I don't think this is a situation of remodeling Watt's contract, nor do I think it's a situation of him retiring a Texan or not. First and foremost, the guys that you just named, the Texans were not in a position where they can possibly compete for a championship when they have reached the twilight of their careers. You know, you take a look at a guy like Andre Johnson, you take a look at all those other great names that, that, that 
you mentioned, they were in a situation where they was like, you know what? I'm getting up there in age. I want to at least say I had an opportunity to compete for a championship, and the Houston Texans wasn't in that situation. Now, you and I could go back and forth on if they are in that posi- in that position now, especially over the next um, three seasons. I feel like they're on a win-now mode, especially when you have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson and you surround him with so many of these weapons. I don't see J.J. Watt leaving Houston from that standpoint. However, I do believe that the low management that the Texans are doing with Watt will keep him fresh throughout the 2020 season. Because, John, what did what, what did I talk about um, the last time you and I was on the mic? Changing Will Fuller's route to put less wear and tear on his hamstring with the hopes of keeping him healthy throughout the 2020 season. Just like Will Fuller, the number one narrative surrounding J.J. Watt going into any kind of season, can he stay healthy? The less wear and tear that he can put on his body, rather that be less minutes or rather that be, you know, not practicing, I think that's going to work for J.J. Because, once again, given the injuries that he has dealt with, given his age, given the fact that he's getting up there in the twilight of his career, at this point, I don't want to sound cocky or anything like this. And 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 people can always get better. But at this point, how much better can J.J. Watt get? I would much rather see the Texans limited his practice time, especially out there on the field. Um, limit, limit his practice time. Give his body uh, a, an extra day or two to recover so we can have him out there on Sundays when we really need him. Because outside of possibly building chemistry with, with a guy like, Ross Blacklock or Jonathan Gennard, what more can J.J. Watt provide in practice? And, and and I get it. You can always get better. And I'm pretty sure there are nicks and, and tweaks in J.J. Watt's game um, that he feels he can get better at. But once again, at 31 years old, you, you already established yourself as one of the best players of all time at your position, um, arguably the best player in franchise history, you know, I, slow it down on practice you know and and i truly do believe the texans limiting him is going to keep him fresh and healthy throughout the 2020 season and what i would also like to see the texans do outside of limiting his um playing time in practice i will i will want to see the coaching staff limited his 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 snap counts as well you know when we when we are going up against a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars or like the I don't know the Bengals you know two teams where it's like okay if we limited JJ Watt's playing time I I, I can honestly see the Texans still winning that game you know he don't have to go out there and play every single defensive down you know in those games limited him you know keep him fresh so when we go up against guys like Tennessee, when we need him to stop the run game against Derrick Henry, when we go to the playoffs and we go up against Baltimore and Kansas City, keep him fresh. You do not have to let him go out there and, I hate to say it, but waste his time trying to stop Minshew. Like, nobody fears Minshew and, you know, the the Bengals. We don't need him for those type of games. Limited him, let him go out there, get a couple reps, but – that's where I also want to see the Texans take their load managing with Watt because I would much rather have him healthy for a AFC divisional championship game versus week five of the regular season when it's like we're going up against a team that's, I don't know, let's say the 
Patriots who might be what one in five at that moment or something like that. I'm just throwing a throwing a scenario out there. That's what I want to see the Texans do. And I'm so happy that they looked at that situation and they are using it saying, you know what, let's limit it his practice time and and even though he wasn't out there on the practice field he was still getting his workout in on the side and there was a couple times he came out there and gave guys like Jonathan Gennard and Ross Blacklock and Whitley Merciless you know some tips and and things that he has seen and you also got to take a look at it from that standpoint I mean you're going to have him on the sideline seeing the game from a different point of view that he can go out there and make those adjustments rather than be with a teammate or for him himself. So I, I, I like this little managing and, and I'm, and I'm happy to see the Texans moving in this direction with him. And then you never know, it might extend his career just a little bit longer than what you and I projected. What, let's say a month or two ago. And also JJ came out and said during the quarantine, all he did was, was um, practice and work on his body, work out all that good stuff. And he said that, you know, this is the best he felt since 2013, 2014, which was at the prime of his career. Now, do I think because he feel that way, he's going to go out and give you 20 to 17 sacks. Like, you know, when he was really truly in his prime. No, I don't think that, but the healthier JJ Watt is, the more he can get through a season, the better it will be for the Houston Texans. Let me just say this on that subject. You mentioned the Texans may not need him against games against the Bengals or uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the last year we had games where we lost to Carolina and the Denver Broncos. And in both of those games, everybody was scratching their head thinking to themselves, why the hell did we lose to this team? So you need this guy for every game you can, he can possibly play for you. No, uh, no, no. Secondly, let me, let me, let me, let me no, just no, say no, this no, before no. moving on. Let me, let me just say this before moving on. I just picked those two teams just right off the top of my head thinking about their schedule. Those teams might not be a great team. Now, with the Carolina Panthers, well, that was against Christian McCaffrey, and he ran us out of the arena. Now, if it's a situation like Texans versus Carolina, and you see Christian McCaffrey on the other side of the ball, of course, play J.J. Watt a little bit longer. But what I'm saying is, if we get midway towards the end of the season and we, we go up against a team that's, let's say they're, what, two and eight at this point or, or three and seven or anything like that, you can limit his snaps to keep him fresh. I'm not saying that, you know, if we go up against a sorry team, we don't, we, we don't need him at all. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying once we, we find out, we, we separate the pretenders from the contenders to the ones that's going straight to the draft board. As soon as the 2020 season is over with, you can limit his snaps that way. Well, I mean, I still disagree, but I also would say this. If that's the case, if the Texans have to do all of that, then the next question and step would be what? Seeing about moving on. Plain and simple. Speaking of moving on, Earl Thomas and the Baltimore Ravens has moved along from one another. Well, Baltimore has moved along after they terminated his contract. Earl Thomas got into a fist fight with, with safety Chuck Clark a few days ago in practice has been very irritable, uh, very difficult to work with, it seems like. And Baltimore Ravens just says, you know what? We're not going to waste our time on you. You're done. You're gone. You're out of there. Uh, the second NFL contract that has been terminated in the last 12 months. Uh, but Earl Thomas is gone. And, of course, here are the rumors. Here are the Here's the 
discussion, should the Texans go out and sign him? Let's take a look at the defense. Talked about Anthony Weaver earlier. Talked about Romeo Cornell, uh, who gave Anthony Weaver a lot of praise. Anthony Weaver is a new D.C. that has talked about in the past months how he wants to have a very uh, exotic defense, has a very good depth on his defense. Earl Thomas just became available. The question is, should Houston take a look at Earl Thomas? My response to that, no. Uh, Bill O'Brien has clashed and had issues with DeAndre Hopkins, Jadavion Clowney, Dwayne Brown, uh, Andre Johnson to a certain extent, uh, Kareem Jackson. He, he really struggles with bigger-than-life personalities or diva personalities or star personalities. And I got to tell you guys, Earl Thomas does not fit what Houston does. I'm going to be completely honest. He does fit what Dallas does. Chaos makes you bite your teeth, sit at the end of your, your seat, uh, you're sweating and all kind of craziness going on. And that's on a Tuesday. That's not even game day. That's what Dallas does. He doesn't fit what Houston does. Kenny Steele was asked about it, and he said, nah, we're good. I saw Deshaun Watson kind of lobbying for him a little bit on Twitter. I understand that's one of your mentors. You want to play with the best. I get it. But bringing him to Houston would be a slap in the face to guys we've already lost due to uh, personality differences with the coach. So I, I, I don't want to see him here. You talk about a guy like Jadavion Clowney, DeAndre Hopkins, or whatnot. I mean, the root of that was contract and money situation. We all know that by now. If you ask me, would I like to see Earl Thomas suit up for the Houston Texans, donning that battle red with the white and blue with the bull on the side of his helmet? Hell no, man. <laughs> you know, John, I, I I just finished talking about the camaraderie and how close-knit this Houston Texans team looks. And I kind of feel like if you bring a guy like Earl Thomas in, it's going to kind of disrupt that. And you're talking about the slap in the face to the people that that's already gone. I'm looking at it from a standpoint that might be a slap in the face to the people who we are still working with, like a Justin Reed, who not only us here on Locked On Texans, but fans in the organization themselves has such high hopes for this guy. Um you know, he's still talented. I honestly do feel when it's all said and done, he will end up in Dallas because when there was rumors of him leaving the Seattle Seahawks, what he did, what did he say? Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, come get me. That's what he want to be. If he's coming to Texas, he wants to go right up to I-45 and sign and play under Jerry Jones and that Dallas Cowboy, which, by the way, if you add him to the defense that they already got, I will say that is one of the top defenses teams in the league. But, I mean, it's the Cowboys. They're still going to find some kind of way to go 8-8. Eight and eight. It's the last day of the regular season, and they got to bank on the New York Giants to screw things up in order for them to either make the playoffs or not make the playoffs. It's been like that for, what, a decade now. Other than that year, they went 13-3. and three. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And as always, please remember to subscribe to Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.